Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, Conference USA basketball fans? We are back for the first version of the 2017 Conference USA Hoopcast. I'm Alex Nicholas, live from El Paso, Texas, and I got my man's on the line live from Birmingham, Alabama, Dave West from the Daily Dragon. Dave, what's going on, man? How was that holiday? Man, it was fantastic. Um, watched a lot of good basketball, a lot of good football. I am just super ready for this USA slate to get going, and and it already has, and we got games live right now, and it's, man, it's such a good feeling. It feels like a new season. Um, you know, being a UAB fan, we kind of feel like we need one. So I'm super psyched, man. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to Conference USA play. As like you mentioned, we do have Conference USA. I got it here on the two, Charlotte and Rice. Rice with a five-point lead in at halftime. This was a crazy first half. Once again, Igor Kulichov, a guy that we've continually talked about here on this show, uh, one of our favorites, and he's going off 12 points at, at halftime. They've been doing it through the three-point line, behind the three-point line, as expected. But let's, let's start off, just like Dave mentioned, it's already underway. Conference USA started uh, conference play Sunday into today, and then it will continue again through the weekend, Thursday through Saturday. We'll have all those – look at those games coming up uh, towards the end of the show. But definitely want to get Dave's thoughts on a game that we really were looking forward to uh, when our last time we got together and we're previewing you this first week of Conference USA play in those Middle Tennessee and Dave's uh, the team Dave covers the UAB pledges, of course. And so, Dave, just give us a breakdown of that game. Obviously, UAB came up short, double-digit loss. Uh, but, Phil, reading uh, reading your reaction, you were kind of pleased just the way that you guys were able to kind of defend. I mean, which kind of your thoughts of, of that game, which really kind of set the tone for this Conference USA season? Yeah, the teams in Conference USA will see uh, Middle Tennessee is legitimately a three-headed monster. They can be stopped if you can somehow, you know, get two of those guys to, you know, not have a fantastic night. But that's the problem. I mean, those three guys, and I'm speaking of uh, Giddy Potts, Reggie Upshaw, and Ja'Cory Williams, each of those three are in the top 11 of points per game in Conference USA. That's, that's amazing that they have three guys in the top 11. And so you just do your best. You're not going to stop all three. I mean, no one has this season. Um, Michigan State couldn't – well, Ja'Cory wasn't there last year. Couldn't stop, you know, uh, Giddy or Reggie. But they're just a tough, tall task to handle. They, they're they so good defensively that I think it makes them that much better offensively. They're so confident when they defend you. They know that you're not going to get easy baskets on them. They know they're going to get transition looks. They, they I mean, they turn over teams at a very high rate. Um, I, I sat down in my seat in Murfreesboro, Tennessee last night, not knowing that we were going to lose, but I was almost kind of content knowing that it, if we win this game, it's going to be extraordinary given our, our, our set of circumstances. We, we, had, we put some good guys on the court. We put, put out some really good players and, and Dirk Williams and William Lee, Chris Coakley, but I knew what we were up against. We, we were up against – probably the best coach in Conference USA, hands down, uh, three of the best players in the conference. I mean, it, it, I mean, the, the arena is what it is. The, the, the Murphy Center, is, it's, not, it's not a wild arena. It's an old fan base. But I knew sitting down, I said, this, this probably isn't going to go our way, but I would really, really like to see it be a single-digit game. And we had our chances. The problem is, when you don't have a point guard, like a leader, like an alpha dog, like you were talking earlier, you're, you're not going to beat teams like Middle Tennessee. Um, you, you've, got, you've got to have a guy that's 
Scott's going to have a really special night because defensively they're going to take your best players out. And if they're post players, you're in a lot of trouble. You better hope you've got really good guard play against Middle Tennessee because they will not let you have special nights in the post. They haven't let Ole Miss do it, haven't let Vandy do it, and they didn't let UAB do it. Chris Coakley was just might as well not have come to that game. Um, Ha-ha William Lee had some good defensive moments, but they said, hey, you're going to beat us for guard play. And what we ended up doing was just having, you know, 20-second possessions after one after another with empty baskets. So, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a rough night. It was some positives. But, man, that is just a really, really well-coached team with really good players. And something, something that we've really mentioned, that, that we've really talked about Middle Tennessee a lot since we've started this podcast. And, and the main thing is you look at who's kind of stepped up for them and been that alpha dog. Ja'Cora Williams has been that guy. But when you get Reggie Upshaw taking that game to a different level and pouring 34 points, just like you mentioned with the lack of guard play, that just adds – to your issues and being able to just keep the game within a single digits when a guy like Upshaw is getting anything that he wants, whether it's that inside-outside game, the way that he plays it probably better than anybody in mid-major hoops, and that is a huge, huge, huge start for Middle Tennessee to be able to not only get that win, but to have a guy like Reggie Upshaw go off for 34 points. So keeping with teams that kind of turn heads, a team that really, really turned my head, and this goes back to maybe even looking what they did ending their not a conference slate heading into a strong start uh, in conference play and then having a good uh, – or, excuse me, on Sunday having a good start and bringing that into the night, and that's Marshall. And you hit it right on the head when you were writing about, uh, you know, your Conference USA uh, blog that you put up today about a guy like C.J. Burks who's really been the difference. I mean, he comes in and, you know, looking at the way that they ended their out-of-conference, they lose in overtime at Cincinnati, take Pitt to the brink, you know, they both teams got into the, the triple digits. That is Marshall's game. guy like C.J. Burks comes in and goes off for 25 points, 5 of 7 from three-point line. And with C.J. Burks, now you're starting to see this Marshall team who's up nine right now in the second half. Second half just got going at Florida Atlantic. This is a team that is scary. We've talked about them being kind of incomplete. Remember we were mentioning earlier about Ryan Taylor not being there. Now you're getting C.J. Burks. I mean, this team, it's they're primed to be able to peak sometime during this Conference USA run, and I think that is scary four teams like UAB, four teams like Middle Tennessee, your teams that are going to be up there in that upper echelon. And I think this team, with the way they shoot it, the way that they can be efficient when they shoot it when they're on, this is a scary team to look at, especially early on when you look at what they've done so far against the weaker opponents in the Florida schools. Yeah, it's been a great one-and-a-half games for them so far to see USA play. Granted, they're playing the Florida teams which are not at the, in the upper echelon. FAU is maybe a little better than FIU, but um, they're just playing really good basketball right now. They're playing exactly the way that Dan D'Antoni has, has you know, designed them to play. They're getting their shots up quick, and now they're starting to get, to get really good interior play from not only Ryan Taylor, but Paneva, the, uh, the Bosnian. He's 6'9", he, he's all bones. But he has had some really decent games for them. He's he's playing well enough defensively and offensively that you can't just leave him alone in the paint. And if you can give Marshall spacing, they're a really, really dangerous team. And I mentioned in that article, they're Terrence Thompson away from being a top three team in this conference, you know, the moment he hits the court. He's a very versatile forward. I mean, I say versatile, versatile. I mean, he's not going to be he's shooting three-pointers, but he, he's good. I mean, he, he's a big difference maker, and, 
And as we talked about earlier, C.J. Burks, he's made a big difference, too. He had a huge night, huge night against, um, I believe it was Pittsburgh. He had like 20-plus points. I mean, I I love Marshall right now. I'm really, really hot on them. Another team that we've kind of mentioned, we've kind of picked around the edges around UTSA, a team that you like, a team that I'd like, just their improvement and seeing what they've done, not only what they did against UTEP on Sunday, but what they've done at home. This is a team that defends well. This is a team that rebounds well. And the thing that stood out to me is they don't have to shoot 40%. They can shoot under 30% and get to the free throw line. Really good free throw shooting team. And, and they just play well. I mean, this is a different, a different oils machine, uh, way more heady, way more a team that's going to make the right play, not the bonehead play, the smart play, looking to get easy buckets, looking to get the ball to the free throw line, which is huge for them against UTEP. I'm impressed, particularly because Jeff Beverly, their, their guy that's been their leader, kind of a volume guy that kind of like a touches it, he shoots it type of guy, but he had an off night. And you got guys like Nick Billingsley step up, Austin Carver, Austin Carr hit a couple of big jumpers. I'm not saying that this UTSA team is ready, to, and I think you can agree with me, Dave. They're not ready to jump into that top five conversation, but they're going to be a tough out the way that they defend, the way that they rebound for anybody. And particularly on the road, they're going to make – Certain home games for certain teams, UAB, Middle Tennessee, those type of teams, they're going to make them kind of weary of how you're going to go out and play and make sure that you're prepared for a team like UTSA, who I was impressed with being able to, to, to shut down UTEP defensively and being able to control a double-digit game with shooting less than 40%. I think this team is just going to be a tough out for anybody each night heading into even Birmingham as we head into the conference uh, tournament 18 games from now. No, no, I agree with you. They're very disciplined uh, defensively, and that's their strong point. Uh, they, I mean, they're not going to out, outshoot you, out, you know, outscore you. They're going to, to, to they're going to play their man correctly. All five guys in the court are going to play their man. A lot of discipline. Uh, they're going to make you shoot over you, uh, shoot over them. You know, for lack of better words, kind of like Old Dominion will. I mean, you can beat Old Dominion if you can run up the court and you know shoot in three, four seconds. And uh, but I'm just I'm just really impressed with what UCSA and Steve Henson have done so so far, and they've got a little bit of a home court win streak going. They've got everything you need to give young players confidence because you know they play you know two three freshmen and you know they get regular minutes. That they're doing the right things to build a program back up, and, and they've got to be excited. I mean, I'm excited for them, and I I don't know if it was you that tweeted it or Javi from. Uh, UTSA, but someone tweeted that they just wanted that game more when when they beat UTEP. Yeah. They just seem, seem to have a, a just something ingrained in them that said that we're not going to lose this game. This is our home court. This may be the convocation center, which you know looks like a YMCA gym, but they they seem to <laughs> you're, be you're too nice. have a little we're nice there. <laughs> Man, the combos a, it's a special little place, but. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm proud for the, the people in San Antonio following that team. They deserve a good product. And I, I agree with you. I think they're going to go on the road and with, you know, defense, you know, the way defense travels, I think they're going to make some games interesting for some good teams. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I still, like I wrote in my game preview, I still think Steve Henson two, maybe even three recruiting classes away. This guy's a great recruiter and he's going to bring in his talent here as we transition. We've got a special guest, guest for y'all, but just want to mention, I'm watching this Rice, uh, Charlotte game. Rice opens the second half on a 9-0 run, opening up a 14-point lead yeah. on the road at Charlotte. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and who else? Marcus Jackson. First half, it was Igor Kolachev. Second half, 
started up Marcus Jackson. So moving on, we got a special guest for y'all. We're going to bring in Jeremy St. Louis. He is a studio host for Conference USA's football and basketball covers for the new uh, TV partner, BN Sports USA. Jeremy, what's going on, partner? Glad, uh, thanks for uh, making time to join us tonight. Hey, guys, thanks very much for having me. Uh, things are going great. I've actually uh, been keeping a watch on the Rice-Charlotte uh, game <clears throat> as well. And, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, interesting matchup uh, between those two teams. I'm actually surprised Rice didn't run away with it. It seems like Charlotte's kind of getting in their own way in that one. No, no, I agree. That's, that's something kind of Charlotte does. Charlotte, it, they're in an outscoring type of team. They, 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 they don't have defensive lapses. They don't, they don't have a great interior defensive presence. And what they want to do more times than not, they want to beat you just by outscoring you, which seems, seems kind of simple. But that's kind of the philosophy that, that Charlotte, you know, Marshall and teams like that, they want to put up 100 points at home every night, you know. And, Alex, you made a great point there. Kulishov was on fire in that first half, and then in the second half it appears like it's going to be Jackson. Yeah, I mean, that tandem right there is dangerous. It's going to be a tough out for anybody in conference play, so definitely uh, something to keep an eye on. A team that's – I've been high on them since the preseason. I think just continually seeing them get better. You know, and I and I agree with both of you. They're, they're a team that I wrote about in September. I, I thought they were, you know, top five potential, which is – it's just hard to imagine that when you think about Rice hasn't finished 500 in, in Conference, US, Conference USA play in almost a decade. It's just been a very, very just putrid period for Rice basketball. But um, let's, let's keep an eye on that game. Let's move forward. And, uh, Jeremy, I'd like to, uh, there's a lot of things I'd like to ask you tonight, but most importantly is give us a little uh, of a description or a rundown of, how the initial conversation started when someone walked in your office and said, hey, would you like to cover college football and basketball, you know, in the United States? You know what? It was actually funny because it actually went, uh, it actually went the opposite way. I, I actually ran into my boss's office and, uh, and, and asked him to, uh, you know, to put me on it. I've been covering soccer for uh, the better part of my 20 years in broadcasting and, and, um, we had this opportunity come in. We had heard that, that uh, BN Sports had acquired the rights to Conference USA football and basketball and some other sports as well. Um, and I basically went in the next day right after I'd heard it and said to my boss, hey, you know what, uh, I would love to be a part of this, um, not necessarily as a studio host, but just to be a part of it just because it's something that's a, that's a little bit different. Um, you know, I grew up playing football, watching football, uh, you know, played a little bit of, uh, you know, pickup basketball here and there and, and college sports in the United States. I'm a Canadian. So college sports for me in the United States is, is a, is a massive, it's such a, it's got such a massive following. And, and for someone like me from small town Canada, it's incredible the way that people follow college sports in the United States in comparison to Canada. They, they, they just don't have that, that, that same following in Canada. And so a chance to, to be a part of it, and and when they, you know, when they told me that they were going to appoint me as a studio host, it, it, it's a real privilege. I'm, I've been real excited by it. I I hope that what we've done with football, um, you know, has has done enough to impress uh, the viewers that have seen it. And you know, it's a it, it's something that we've taken a lot of pride in. We've worked really hard at trying to make it uh, as professional as possible because. We don't have the rights to the NFL, but we're treating Conference USA as our NFL. We don't have the rights to the NBA, but we're going to treat Conference USA basketball 
as our NBA. And that's the way that we look at it. We're taking a lot of pride in it. And for me, I'm very excited uh, to be a part of it. I had, I had, and, uh, and that means – I'm sorry, Alex, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I had um, – when you guys – your first broadcast was UTEP New Mexico State in football. And, you know, a lot of people were real skeptical on my forum, the UTEP forum, Minor Rush. A lot of people were skeptical about how this presentation was going to go. Now, I went, to, obviously, to the game. First thing I got – when I got home, I, I rewatched the BN. And not even 10 minutes in, my jaw dropped. I was just so impressed with how professional you are, like you mentioned, how prepared you guys were. That I wrote an article. It got, was real popular. It got a lot of – I know you guys picked up on it. I was just so, so impressed with that. With all the work that goes into it, as I've been in radio, I know how these broadcasting go. How was the relief after that first you know, broadcast of that New Mexico State UTEP where the reception was great and you guys just kind of – took off since there. What was that feeling like of that accomplishment of being able to dr- see this all the way through from its inception and then being able to deliver an, an A1 product that you, that you guys have been doing all year? Well, first of all, Alex, you know, I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for the kind words that, that, that you gave to us and to the broadcast. It was something that, you know, that did get to us and, and we took a lot of pride in it. We read it. Um, you know, we at B in sports have, I mean, I'm one of the senior guys at BN Sports in terms of being an on-air host and, and being in this business. We have a lot of a lot of younger uh, kids who are production assistants and producers, you know, up-and-coming, very talented, hard-working people. And it, it, when they get that positive feedback, they get they get very excited. And I've been in this business a long time, so I kind of know how things work. And I was really happy to see it, and as I said, you know, I, I, I appreciate the kind words, but the first thing that I said to my team was, that's one game of ten. We have nine more games that we can ruin everything that everybody is writing about us right now. <laughs> and, so we, and, so, and so that's the approach that we took. I said, you know what, if at the end of the season those same people are writing those positive things about what we're doing, then let's pat ourselves on the back and look towards being even better next year. But for now, after game one, let's just, you know, okay, let's have a, let, let, let's have a beer and let's, let's be happy about it. But at the same time, we have work to do and we've got to make it better. So that's kind of the approach that we took with football, and we're taking the same approach with basketball. And, uh, and Jeremy, I, I, uh, I won't talk too much about football. Obviously, it's a basketball podcast, but – uh, if you think about it now, and I'm sure the, the higher-ups, the, the folks you sit in meetings with and such, they almost feel like the, the gamble somewhat has paid off for Conference USA because look at what we have coming up in football next year. Think, think about uh, what you guys have, have positioned yourself with. You've got the return of UAB, which is going to be huge. You've got yep. Lane Kiffin. You've just got a host of other great coaches. Um, I mean, it was almost just you just you you got in when the you know, the market was low, if you will. Yeah, and and one of the things that that Conference USA also has is some really good football players. There are some really good players in that league. Donovan McNabb, OJ McDuffie, Kajana Carter. These are guys who played at a high level. And even they on Saturday nights will be sitting there watching the games in the studio. And they are just like, I can't believe some of these kids and, and the way that they play. And, I, you know, I know I was talking with OJ McDuffie this week and, you know, and we were talking about some of the players that have like Aaron Jones declaring for the NFL draft and, and, and My man. you know, going to, 
going to try his luck. You know what? Hey, hey, we love Aaron Jones. We have loved Aaron Jones since the moment we saw him. We're really excited for him. We know that he's going to pick up with somebody and he's going to be, an, he's going to be a good NFL player. And, and these guys really appreciate the league. They, they've gotten to know the players. They've worked hard. So it, it, it's something that we have thoroughly enjoyed. And, yeah, we are excited about what we've got coming in next year. Kiffin, Butch Davis, the return of UAB. You know, some great players returning to the league. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've got a good question for you here. Uh, at this point, too, you know, we're basically halfway through the, co- uh, the, the, the uh, college basketball period here. Uh, have you had an opportunity to watch, you know, college basketball as a whole, some of the big games, the Kentuckys, UCLA's? Um, in, 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 in particular, have you had a chance to watch any Conference USA games at this point? Yeah, I, I've, watched, I've watched a number of games uh, – a number of games already. It's been difficult with the holiday season and traveling and, and everything like that. But I, I've been keeping an eye on sort of what's going on and, and taking a look at, you know, if I don't see the game, I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch write-ups about it. As I've told you guys, you know, I listen to your podcast uh, religiously. It's uh, so well done. You guys do such a great job and the information that you have, the, the depth of knowledge is tremendous for someone like myself who's still you know who's just getting into conference usa basketball and still becoming familiar uh with with the players and 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 the way that the league operates the power teams and whatnot but i have had a chance to see some of the games we had auburn and uab as our first basketball broadcast uh the week after football ended obviously not uh, the best result for uab but the atmosphere uh in that arena was something that was just it was so fantastic and and if that was any precursors to what we're in for for Conference USA in terms of, you know, the crowd and, and, and the way the game is played, you know, it, as I said, we're excited about doing the doing college basketball. Yeah, that was a really unique game for UAB in, in the state of Alabama entirely. Uh, those two teams had not played since the late 90s. They uh, historically before that, you know, UAB is not that old. They, they've, they've only had an athletic program since the late 70s. But for, for two decades, Auburn and UAB would play regularly. Uh, they played both in Auburn, Alabama, and they'd both and they play in Birmingham. Um, primarily, they'd play at the, the, the BJCC, which is the main complex that the USA tournament's held at. So it was a really special moment to have um, Auburn, which is a really proud, just athletic program in general. It's really proud to have them in there. I mean, it was a, I mean, I hate to say it, but it was a 50-50 possibly a 60-40 Auburn crowd in that arena, given UAB's struggles with Nick Norton having his injury and some of these bigger non-conference games not panning out they, the way they wanted to in November. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a very um, unique experience sitting on the floor and listening to that the noise around me. There was a, a lot of let's go Auburn and chanting the UAB, but it was, it was, it was exciting. I, I don't know if we'll ever see that like interleague play, that kind of environment. I think we'll have some some um, good, some good moments. Um, UTEP, you know, Alex can tell you that. I mean, despite you know, their record, they'll they'll bring lots of fans out, and sometimes UAB will for Middle Tennessee State and the other. But um, Alex, do you have any other more questions for Jamie? Just what so far, you know, is there any team that or any player? Obviously, we talked about the Rice team, but is there anybody that going forward you're looking to kind of take that next step of being that household name of that household team in Conference USA, even though we're kind of really young in the season, is there anybody that's kind of stood out to you in that regard? 
Well, I, I'm I'm very impressed by what I've seen with with Igor Kulichov. I mean, this guy, just watching him play in in tonight's game, and I mean, he's getting double teamed and he's hitting the three. You know, he he's so good at at getting himself into positions to shoot. And even if even if he's guarded, he still finds a way. Uh, to put the ball in the basket. He seems like a player that can really do it all. And he's someone that, you know, you guys have been talking about him as a, as a, you know, a player of the year candidate. And it's hard to, it's hard to argue against that at all because he is such a fantastic player. He's a player that, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him on Thursday night uh, when we do our first game, uh, you know, when they, when they take on middle Tennessee and middle Tennessee has got some great players too, with, you know, Giddy Potts and Ja'Cory Williams. I'm looking forward to seeing him play as well. Those are kind of the, those are kind of the players that I'm focusing on at this point in time, just kind of taking it as a, you know, matchup to matchup uh, for us. And then just, you know, kind of, see how things pan out as the season goes along, but just following with what's been going on and, and, and taking a look at the games and, and the highlights and, you know, and some of the statistics, it's hard to, it's hard to argue against a player like Igor Kulichov. He's someone that I really like. And even, even when we were doing our season preview material, you know, just looking at his numbers and, and, and whatnot, it's like, this is a guy who's going to be special. It's a guy who's going to be one of the top players in conference USA for sure. And he's really taken it to another level, even what I expected out of Igor. And you guys could not have picked a better matchup to, to have your first debut game on Thursday. Realistically, you've got four players who are in the dead heat hunt of the conference uh, USA Player of the Year. You got Igor, and you got Marcus Evans on the same team, and then you got Reggie Upshaw and Ja'Cory Williams on Middle Tennessee, and. Reggie may not have the numbers that everyone else has, but Jeremy, being following Conference USA for as long as I have, I know what they want out of a player of the year. They like the four-year guys. They like the three-year guys. And that's hmm. what Reggie's been. Reggie's been a day-one starter in Conference USA since, since his freshman season. And, and if he has performances like he did against UAB of the night, I mean, it, 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 you know, statistics – Mean only means so much. It's, it's it's what he does for the team overall. I mean, he he could be a front runner. Um, I mean, I couldn't be more excited for you guys. I think you're going to have a fantastic broadcast, and you, you couldn't have picked two hotter teams at the moment. Well, yeah, and Reggie comes in as a player of the week too, so you know that he's going to. You know, it's it, it's a national audience. I know that the I know that the basketball players, you know, um, they're they're probably a little bit familiar with who we are, given what we did during the football season, but. You know, it, it's a national audience, and you know there's going to be there's going to be some people watching. So you know, you get players that that want to put on a bit of a show. So I mean, like you said, it is a great matchup, and we're expecting a great game certainly with the with the crew that we have uh, on site. We have a little, we're doing something a little bit different for this broadcast because we had some we had some uh, some some travel issues. So we actually have uh, Donovan McNabb is going to be on site for that game. No way. As the color commentator with Mike Gleason, uh, and then I'm going to have uh, Mike Jarvis Sr. and Jason Capel in the studio with me. So I'm sure Donovan's going to get a lot of love when he's there, but I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be good that, that we have those guys there for that big of a game. I think it's going to be, it's, like you said, I, we're excited and it's going to be an awesome matchup. Check that out. We're talking with Jeremy St. Louis from the BN Sports USA Network. Jeremy, tell folks how they can find you on Twitter if they want to follow your Conference USA commentary and all your tweets on, on Conference USA Hoops. I am at J-R-S-T-L-O-U-I-S. And, Alex, before I go, 
And I got to ask you, what's going on with UTEP? Uh, um, hold on. Uh, Let me take a couple of shots real quick so I can loosen up a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. You know, it's, it, there's just a multitude, multitude of things. I mean, you're talking about, for one, there's a culture at UTEP that's just – I don't know if there's – I don't want to call it a full disconnect between the players and Tim Floyd, but obviously there's the message of what Tim Floyd wants to have this team mold into just isn't getting there. I mean, we talk, I talked to it with Dave uh, before we came on. Lack of basketball IQ is the biggest thing, you know, that I'm looking at this UTEP team. You know, they just struggle to just get into offense and to play smartly. You've you got so many times this year where they've had games where you feel, oh, it's going to swing their way, and then you go in a three- or four-minute scoring drought where there's three or four turnovers, two or three of them making you scratch your head. Uh, you know, and it's just there's really – and then not only that, but you look at personnel, the lack of personnel UTEP has right now. They don't have a 6'5 to 6'7 rebounder, which seems everybody in the country has now. And like I've told people, when, if you're playing UTEP and you have a guy that's between 6'5 and 6'7 that can rebound, that can move, and that can kind of just be a, a nuisance in that department, being able to score around the rim and rebound, you're going to have your way with UTEP. And that's really, really a struggle right now. And, you know, it's 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 going to be a long, long season. It's the longest losing streak in 40 years, and, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm hanging in there, man. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Jeremy St. Louis, appreciate you coming on here tonight. We'll definitely be talking to you as the Conference USA season moves along, man. Hey, guys, thanks so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, you re- re- reach out to me anytime, and, man, keep up the great work. You guys are doing a really great job. It's really impressive. Congratulations. Thank, thank you, you. Thank Gary. you. Thank you. So there you have it, Jeremy St. Louis. That is that's going to be a nice matchup, definitely for them uh, when they open up their conference USA coverage uh, during conference USA play Thursday night. And I'm pretty sure that's what a seven o'clock tip Central Time, Dave. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. It's um, and it's at Cedar Fieldhouse in Houston, uh, where I believe Rice has only lost one game this year. I believe they're seven and one somewhere around there. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, I think. Middle has potential to, to be a really good defensive team, but um, I, I, in my opinion, I think this is going to be something somewhere in the 70s to 80s. I think it's going to be a, a lot of possessions. I'm going to be locked in. I'm psyched. I mean, we're going to be playing over in Denton. Um, and UAB will be uh, playing North Texas, so I'm going to be kind of juggling both since it's an away game. But um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for them. That's a really good kind of planet aligning game for them to debut with. <laughs> How crazy is that shit that Donovan McNabb's going to be there? That's going to be wild, man. That's going to be wild. It definitely. Hopefully, you know what? It seems like Rice's fans, I think maybe we could talk about it, is right. It seems like there's a little bit of buzz seeing a couple of their home games and seeing people there. That's good yeah. for a program that's really just been ragdolled because of their lack of fan support and their lack of attendance. But I think you're seeing what a guy like Mike Rhodes does is actually leading 12 right now with under nine minutes left. You're seeing what he can build this thing. He can build a special. And once they get that fan support, I mean, this Rice program is definitely going to be what they're calling hashtag Rice Rising. No, I agree. And I don't, I don't think uh, Rhodes is a guy that's going to leave like this year. I think – He's got some of these younger guys there. Even Kulichov will be back next year. I think. I think. I think you're going to get a whole other season out of him. And it's just. It's so important for Conference USA basketball for a team like Rice in Houston to be good. Um, I mean, I would even like to see going forward. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not totally positive where the uh, the tournament's going to be next year. But 
in the years to come, I'd love to see it, you know, kind of hover closer over to Houston, Dallas. You know, Texas is so big. I kind of, like, group everything together. Yeah. And it's, like, really silly for me to say that. But I'd like to see it go kind of go back into Texas. Not not you, not over in El Paso, too damn far away. Yeah, but, no, uh, I agree. It, that that would know, be perfect <laughs> to have it in Houston. You can use the Toyota Center for your late-round games, and you can use Tudor Fieldhouse for the women's uh, games as well. And I think the SWAC also uses – um, you know, the, the Toyota Center. But I think that would be a perfect – even San Antonio, for that matter. Even – I know Katy – or no, actually the SWAT – or one of the one of the small ones is in the Katy arena. The Katy has a nice little arena out there. But I agree. I would yeah. really, really, really love to see that kind of centralized. Like I said, even San Antonio and Houston would be perfect. Dallas, I think that, you know, obviously is kind of like perfect. I think Harvard CSA's office are based there. But, yeah, I would love – I mean, for me personally, to, to be able to be t- within 10 hours, even though I live in the same state, I'm 10 hours. That's close to me. Um, but either way, it's great to see, you know, Rice is, is fan base. It's something I just want to touch on, kind of going off format of what I told you, Dave, how, how we're going to go. But I wanted to get your take on this. Conference USA scheduling. I mean, it, it's it, it's crazy to me. I, I wrote when, when the Conference USA schedule came out, uh, what was it probably sometime during the summer, I wrote an article that a lot of UTEP fans were kind of, laughing about the headline because I wrote UTEP basketball schedule is weird. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a diss piece or nothing. I just was kind of perplexed on, on the way the conference schedule sets up, you know, with, with teams like UTEP. And, and I'm not really complaining. It is what it is, but having to play three straight road games and then later in the year, four straight home games. And there's another stretch of three or four straight road games. It's just, it's so inconsistent in the fact that, you know, it, it just for teams that are that struggle with winning on the road, whatever it is, and and not only that, but the travel that we have in Conference USA being so spread out, it's crap. It, it's really crap. And not only that, but you also had a situation this week, and this may just I may be ranting because it's it affected me because at the same time I had a women's basketball game on, I had a men's basketball game on, and then I was trying to follow the Oakland Raiders at the same time. But Conference USA. Can we please separate the women's and the men's games? Uh, I, I just, I, I really don't understand that. Why two games have to be played at the same time on the same day? Can we switch it up where the women go Wednesday, Friday? Is it attendance? Or can they go Wednesday, Saturday? Hell, even Friday, Sunday? What are your thoughts on that, Dave? Because it really pisses me off. I think it, it divides fan bases sometimes where, you know, some people may opt to stay home and watch a UTEP women's uh, men's game on TV rather than go to the Don Hatton Center. And, if, you know, vice versa to anybody, any team, not just UTEP. I, like, I just mentioned it because it happened. But, I mean, am I, am I just going off on a stupid rant, or is this a legitimate that Conference USA scheduling was, whether it was a TV deal, whether it was a, whatever it could be, but it was just hurried and it was just done so sloppy? Is, is, is that a term that I can say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you – and I'll touch on that sloppy thing in a minute. I think you've got, like, a two-part problem here. You've got – one problem that's not fixable, and that's the weird flow. Let's, let's just say, let's just use men's basketball since we're more familiar with the with the uh, schedule. The three road games, which UAB and UTEP are the only three that are doing three road. Excuse me, the only two teams doing three road games right off the bat. That kind of stuff happens every season in, re, in recent history. It's just, it's just, it's a weird ebb and flow. We've got, you got partners, uh, you know, travel partners. In the, in the end of the day, it comes down to money. What's the cheapest way that they can make things happen and get TV networks to work with them and things like that? So in my opinion, that's not – you're not fixing that. That's going to be a weird, bizarre, just crap shoot every year. 
the women's part of it, I would love anyone to explain that to me. I think it is insulting. I don't think it's like borderline like Title IX crap, like, you know, yeah, I, I think she. I mean, like crap. I don't think it's like something that they're doing intentionally to to belittle their women's basketball. But I think it's just it's sloppy. Like you said, it's sloppy and it's lazy. Because I can guarantee you, there are hundreds of people in Birmingham who want to see women's basketball play at UAB, and they don't get a chance. I mean, because we played. You know, they played just a couple of hours before we did, and we played at Middle Tennessee. They were over at Bartow Arena playing Middle Tennessee, and it was a couple possession game. And it would have been fantastic to watch both. And um, it's disappointing. I don't know who's going to be the voice of that other than the coaches of women's basketball. But, you know, at the end of the day, what, what can they really do? I mean, they're, who, who signed their checks? Right. And, and we're not talking about a droves of fans. I mean, we're talking a couple hundred. And I think when you look at – when I look at how Keita Adams has really done her program here at UTEP – she markets it on getting as many as she can because that counts. I mean, that counts in their budget and their recruiting budget. Hell yeah! And I think that I think that those couple of hundred makes a huge difference at these at these even sure. you know, even a, a women's softball, you know, soccer. That little bit of money at the door. Not only that, but the way that they UTEP does just a tremendous job with marketing their UTEP program, or their women's programs. I'm sure a lot of other programs across the country or across the conference really have had to adjust to that. And I think that just makes a huge, huge difference, and it really is a travesty, and it sucks with bloggers like me and you got to be in two places at one time because I kind of feel in the Can't same do way it. I'm looking. I'm looking like a guy that's like I'm hating on quote unquote Title Nine because I'm covering the men more than the women. You know, Agreed. and that's a whole different story. But you know what I mean. It kind of gets to that. So definitely something that should be revisited. I think just like I said, either way, you make a great point that you know you, you it's hard to get away with those anomalies, those three road games. But UTEP, this is the first time they played three straight road games since 81. There is some type of way to be able to, to make it TV-friendly and maybe now as they get sure with this BN deal and if they can – with the streaming deal with Campus Insiders, maybe that can get ironed out. But definitely something that, that's – you know, it's, it's a legitimate topic to bring up. So moving on, Dave, you wrote sure. a really good piece today uh, about – Kind of, and I agree with you. It, it's it's wide open. This conference USA race only played one and a half game as Rice is holding on to his double digit lead, six and a half minutes to go here on Charlotte on the road. We'll get you updated with some other scores, but just you know, talk about just that piece and, and kind of just touch on you know any high points that you felt that you really, really, really feel strong about heading into the beginning portion of this conference schedule. Yeah, I had some people that I think kind of misunderstood what I was trying to say when I said it was wide open. Um, what I meant was it, there's five teams, five, six, possibly not seven, probably five to six teams that can legitimately win Conference USA. I think it's going to be a 11, 12, 13 wins are going to win it this year. It's not like it was last year with UAB. UAB did something that we have not seen in, in you know, the past three or four years. They did kind of a Memphis uh, run where they won, you know, 16 games and lost two. It was it was kind of over three, four weeks left of the, you know, it was over in February, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, so this year, in my opinion, I, I kind of I picked five teams that I thought legitimately had the the roster and the depth and the coaching to to win this conference. And it, it could be 10 wins, it could be 11, it could be 12, 13. I don't think it's going to be much more than that. I mean, hell, I mean, UAB, UAB, UAB's won it with 12 before. Granted, it was less teams. But, 
Um, I think you've got middle at the top, obviously. And you got UAB, and you got Marshall and LaTeX and Wright. I think they all five, even though they they're very different teams. Uh, um, they, they 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 do things differently. They they but you know what they all have in common? Really good coaching. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And that is definitely. I'll, I'll, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, man. No, 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 you're good, you're good. Um, I wanted to put ODU in in that top five, and it's it, it, and I think they have a great coach in Jeff Jones. It's just I have I've yet to see that offense travel. They've had two home games, and they've suffocated teams. They've beaten Rice, and they've beaten North Texas. But we're gonna have to start having a, a weekly segment about. ODU beating teams and it not meaning a damn thing at home, that is. Because when Old, Old Dominion plays at home, they're just out-rebounding teams and they're holding on. It's almost like the four corners before before the shot clock even came in where they just hold on to the ball and they just, just don't let games, you know, get away from them. They won't let teams beat them. I mean, they God, man, that, that their games are brutal to watch at home. They just suffocate teams. That's, that's, that's why I didn't put them in that top five. I just don't think they have the offense to travel out there and win road games. You've got to win three or four, you know, maybe even more road games in this conference to win it. So that's, that's kind of my I'm, opinion I'm on the article. And, you. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on Old Dominion, though. We're going to have our first disagreement on here. Because I think defensive, I think, that, I think that's going to be tough. It, it kind of, I don't want to compare them to UTSA, but kind of that same – that same mold of where defense travels, rebounding travels. And I think this is a team that, that can go into Middle Tennessee and win a game in the 40s and the 50s. It's a team that can go into Western Kentucky in that Western Kentucky Marshall swing and be able to go into Western Kentucky and slow them down. And against a team like Marshall, that is kind of where I kind of slightly agree with you. But at the same time, you know, just as physical as Jeff Jones really likes to play, that's going to be something that I'm going to really look forward to. And I kind of do put Old Dominion in that top five, but I do uh, just because I, I, I kind of disagree with you that, that they, their defense can travel, but I do agree with you when you get against some of these teams that can score, that is really going to be a, a question. Can they hang in a 60, 70 point game? Can they manufacture points? Can they slow it down? How are they going to manufacture those points? Is it going to be Jordan Baker? You know, they lost, a big chunk of their athleticism and their ability to get to the rim offensively, you know, with the Trey Freeman that left Aaron Baco, a guy that could do it last year. So that's going to be a big question for Old Dominion as this Charlotte Rice game is getting crazy. Mark Price has got a ter- uh, technical. There was a stretch here where it was going back and forth, back and forth, but Rice still a 14-point lead. It's, yeah, this, this game is definitely fun. You know why I'm pretty got, sure that – go ahead. You know why he got that technical early in the first half? Uh, I believe – um, that Rice had their excuse me, Rice had their 17th foul, but it was an offensive foul, if I'm not mistaken, which doesn't warrant you know free throws for the team. And uh, maybe I may have that backwards. I'm pretty sure it's right, but 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 uh, Mark Price got he went off. It may got got real. The fans were getting nasty. I mean, um, I love that he's getting getting. I mean, I, I'm all for technicals, man. Especially if you're trying to inspire your team when you're down, you know. Yo, I was pissed because Tim Floyd uh, supposedly got one uh, against the UTSA. They, the people kept saying it was the bench. They didn't really single it out, but I've been waiting all year for Floyd to get one. <laughs> God bless. Yeah, I'm, 
I'm all for it. So Rice right now, they're opening it up. They're up 17 on, on Char. They're going to put that one away. Marshall also under four minutes left in the second half, all over Florida Atlantic, up 21, 81 to 60. And Western Kentucky struggling with Florida International. Florida International's kind of had a two-point lead for majority of the second half, but Western Kentucky, 220 left, up to, oh, man, Western, if you lose, if you lose to, ooh, to Florida ooh, International, ooh, man, ooh. that's not going to be good. You know, I, I put you got guaranteed that they were going to be. Yeah, I was, I, I was guaranteeing they were going to be two and zero going back to Diddle. And man, that's that's a, that's an L you can't take. And that's a problem with Western. I mean, I'm not even looking at the box score, but I can just about guarantee you, you guys got have foul trouble, and maybe one or two other ones have have had trouble behind the arc. And, and when you got a team with such little depth like Western does, your the slope is just so severe. I mean, it drops off. You can't make very many mistakes. And, and and I like six or seven deep of Western's roster, but beyond that, man, it's it's, it's a struggle. But, I mean, if you're losing an FIU, then, I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a Western team that we knew was a middle-of-the-pack team, but this it just really separates you from a middle-of-the-pack team when you lose to a team like Florida International. And, yeah, you're, you're right. Yep. you got Ben Lawson playing with three fouls. Uh, you know, they, they, they're they seven – or what are they now? They're seven of 14 from three-point land. But, yeah, foul trouble is – Oh, not, shit, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not bad for them at all. But, this, I mean, this is a game that you definitely do not want to lose. You want to go on that Florida road trip going – you know, coming back home 2-0. and So, good – a decent start here, some interesting games. Uh, obviously, that's an interesting game, but the way that Rice has been able to pull away from Charlotte has been interesting. Old Dominion taking care of business earlier. North Texas holding North Texas under 50 points. Looking ahead, a loaded schedule this weekend, Thursday through Saturday games. Talk about the Thursday slate, Dave. What's on your mind? Thursday, for me, um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what UAB does in Denton at North Texas. Uh, they lost both times they played them when North Texas joined the conference. We started off playing them on the road two times in a row. Uh, they were close-ish games, and those were, in my opinion, a little bit better teams. But, uh, I mean, the headliner is – I mean, it is. we know what it is. It's Rice and Middle Tennessee. That's, that's, that's a big battle. I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. I'm going to pick Rice. I, I like Middle Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I, I like Middle Tennessee. I like the, I love their coach. I've said that a thousand times. I love the big three-headed monster. But there's something about Rice. Rice is saucy. You know, they can get in there. And you saw it. You saw what Marcus Evans did at, at Texas Tech. You were texting me saying this guy is just, you know, he's he's just he's just real man. NBA. They have this NBA. Kind of, <laughs> yes, yes. They have, and, and there's 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 a reason why he was. Uh, he, he's compared to to some of the better shooting guards in uh, in the NBA right now. And um, um, who's the guy for uh, Portland? I'm thinking Lillard. 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 Lillard yeah. Came up too. yeah. That's what. Yeah. yeah that's what Ken Palm had him as the closest re- related player statistically at this point in his career, sophomore year, uh, when he was at Weber State or Weber State, whatever. But he, you gotta have a, you gotta have a guys like that to beat to beat uh, Middle Tennessee. Tennessee Tech had that kind of – excuse me, Tennessee State had that kind of guy. Uh, Georgia State had that kind of guy. You need those you – need, you need to have an alpha, you know, like we were speaking of earlier today. You need to have a guy like that to beat Middle Tennessee. Someone just kind of goes off. If you do what UAB did and, you know, play real tight defensively and, and just kind of go out there and pass the ball for 20 seconds, I mean, they're going to they're – too, they're too good defensively. 
You've got to have a special night to beat them. They're that good. Sticking with the Thursday slate, kind of jumped right into what both of us were talking about. I was looking at Old Dominion going into Marshall. Hey, they play Thursday. Is Old Dominion going to answer your question about can they go in there and, and possibly win a game in the 70s, or is this a team that Marshall that we've seen really, really get on on a really good stride over the past, what, two or three weeks? What What is going to come out of this game, or what is, what is this game going to tell you for either side with Old Dominion or Marshall Thursday, which is definitely a 1B to that Middle Tennessee Rice game in terms of sexiness? I mean, Old Dominion had trouble on the road last year. This is obviously you know, a somewhat different roster. They had trouble taking that defense on the road. But I think they'll do it pretty well this year because they don't have Freeman and Baycoat. Who, Freeman had times where he was a pretty good on-ball defender, but I think we just you have an elite level of, of defenders with Old Dominion. So, you know, I was saying earlier, I don't think they're going to you know, be, be, be a great team in this conference. I think – they they have the potential. We're we're gonna know a lot in that game. Marshall's gonna get a ton of possessions. They're gonna play fast. Um, the Henderson Center is a very 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 underrated uh, arena in, in in Conference USA. It gets loud. Those people in West Virginia don't have a damn thing better to do. They're gonna be rowdy and it's almost yeah they're, they 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 almost have somewhat of a little bit of a rivalry. Last year. Um, Kelly hit a three-pointer from NBA range to beat Old Dominion at Marshall last year. So, I mean, they're going to play home and home again, obviously, because they're in the same side. But um, that's a really – I would say it's 1A, 1A is, is um, Middle Tennessee Rice. I would say certainly 1B is Old Dominion and Marshall. And, and my man, my player of the year that I'm, I'm, I'm almost ready to put my ballot in on John Elmore. He's a dude's dude. I don't even know what his stats are tonight, but it, like I can almost guess them. It, they're, you said they were up by like a basket at FIU. He's probably got 18 points, eight assists, and six rebounds. I bet you I'm pretty darn close on that. And he's probably hit four threes. <laughs> he's just he's yep. just a player. Like he's that he's that guy that's going to come out every single night. He's going to play 30, 36 minutes. You know, like he's going to play a, for sure 30. He's going to play play a, most of the game. And and he and he's just a baller, man. But um, oh, uh, here's another one I didn't think about was uh, Charlotte Western Kentucky. That's another one too. What do you think? Yeah, that's gonna tell a lot. I mean, you're looking at a, a matchup of teams that are gonna battle between the four and six seeds for that conference tournament, and in that four and six spot. And I think you're gonna see both of these teams possibly make a run after this. I think Charlotte would definitely be a quote unquote maybe a favorite. And this one, looking at the way that they've kind of fell apart in the second half, though, that may change. But, you know, Western Kentucky, we've talked about them all year, really inconsistent. But when they're good, they're good, particularly at home. I like a team like Charlotte to maybe bounce back from this win. But this, the way that they just really shut down here and, and Rice is just pouring it on here. I mean, continue. They're up 21 now. Oh, uh, Marcus Jackson just hit a 89-68. 89-68. They're 21? Yep, and, and like I said, Charlotte is really just falling apart. It, it, it's a lot to do with what Rice is doing right now, but Charlotte at the same time is just taking bad shots. There's no flow. John Davis is really nowhere to be found in this game. If they can recover, I think they're going to give West Kentucky a run for the money, but I, really what I've seen in the second half from Charlotte, it's not good the way that they had a five point. They were down five points after rallying to cut that lead 
and just no showing in the second half. You got to be disappointed if you're Charlotte. Dude, what if Tim Floyd walks into the tack and is at free, this is on the water, right? What if he wins on Thursday at, at La Tech? Man, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you what know, because I'm so. I, it, it doesn't do nothing to me, but you know what? La Tech is a really good basketball team. You know, they're one of the top defensive rebounding teams in the league, top shooting team in the league uh, in terms of field goal percentage and, and defensive rebounds average per game. And that's a really good team. We've talked about their guard play, but I mean, it's really, it, it, to me, it's going to be, well, what the hell did Louisiana Tech do wrong? I go back to Friday night, New Mexico State played their C game and they still controlled the game against UTEP. And I just think that this team is just, they're just not going to be able to get over themselves. And it's, it, when UTEP loses, UTEP's only game, and I was joking around on the message boards about it over the weekend, is UTEP's Super Bowl is Saturday in Hattiesburg. <laughs> so I, I just oh, – I, I they, they may lose that game. Yeah, they may lose that game. And, and Louisiana Tech just has way too many athletes. I don't think I, – I don't see any letdown from that Louisiana Tech team. Their personnel – is just going to overpower UTEP. And that's I'm, honestly, I'm really curious to see that what that line is because I wouldn't be surprised if UTEP's like a 14 and a half point dog. And it's just for real, man. I don't see it happening. Oh, oh, Vegas, Vegas has historically loved tech at home uh, at tech. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think it, it could be 13, 14 points. I'm not kidding. Um, like, like you were, you know, to, to kind of, you know, give tech some love here. Tech, tech, potentially, you know, most likely has the freshman of the year in Daquan Bracey, who is, is, their, is their freshman point guard. He leads Conference USA by, like, a large margin in assist-to-turnover ratio. I mean, he's just playing at a really high level as a freshman. Um, his points per game aren't there, but he doesn't have to be. He's, he has such a great supporting cast. And um, the, the big surprise, not necessarily a surprise for me, but I'm just really, really impressed with um, – Jacoby Boykins. Jacoby Boykins has 42 three-pointers on the year. That's, that just makes that team that more lethal. When you've got Eric McCree and Omar Sherman on the interior, when you've got a player like that, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you saw this last week, but Florida Gulf Coast went into their building and beat them last week. Um, it, you know, it, it, that, that's impressive. That's how good Florida Gulf Coast is, yeah. by the way. They're a really, really good team in Atlantic Sun, so. But um, yeah, uh, that's uh, that Thursday slate's loaded. Yeah, also, too, I'm looking at going move to Saturday. Saturday is another game, another day with lots of depth on the schedule. FIU, FAU, we don't really got to get into that one. Middle Tennessee is going to be a tough test against North Texas. UTEP at Southern Miss, man. Old Dominion at West Virginia yeah. could be another game. And now you're getting to these last three games, though. Charlotte at Marshall going to be a real interesting matchup. Probably lots of points in that one. The game that I really like, UTSA at Louisiana Tech, UTSA can really, really grab them with some momentum. And I think they can match up well defensively with Louisiana Tech. I think they're going to have trouble really? putting points up against La Tech. But I think they can match up defensively and give them issues where maybe they can keep that game into the 60s and 70s. And if UTSA can get to the line, you know, that they can have a chance to be able to, to, to pull a five-point lead into a, you know, to tie the game late. But that's going to be a real interesting game to see how much how, how much can UTSA progress from a game they were supposed to win against UTEP? Yes, I said they're supposed to win against UTEP. Handling business now, going on the road, taking care of Southern Miss on Thursday, and being able to end a really tough road trip with the win. I like that game, but the sexiest game, the big game Saturday night, obviously UAB Rice, take it away. I mean, obviously you want to get 
North Texas on the road on Thursday first. That's important. North Texas is definitely going to be a tough team, especially at home. But this UAB Rice game is probably going to tell a lot for that top three standing to come later in the year, right? Yeah, think about this. Think about this. Think if um, Rice beats Middle, and so you've got UAB coming to Tudor Fieldhouse, and let's say UAB beats North Texas, and you've got you've got a big early season uh, face off with some of the top teams in the USA. The last time UAB was in Tudor Fieldhouse two seasons ago, they lost in overtime. They were up nine points with 52 seconds to go in that game and got forced into overtime. Um, I can't uh, – Max Garcy. Remember Max Garcy? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. kid? Four years started. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, he hit three threes on us in under a minute. We had just terrible turnovers. So, I mean, we owe them one there. Um, UAB as a school, as a program, has been really, really successful in Tudor Fieldhouse under Mike Davis. It was like one of his places where, you know, he, he won there earlier too this year at Texas Southern. Uh, it was just one of those places where you just chalked it off as a W because you just kind of assumed Rice and UAB, um, and when, when you play on the road, we beat them. But it's going to be good. It's going to be good. UAB needs to find some offense in a really, really bad way. Um, I wrote an article today, UAB's future depends on how they react to Chris Coakley being totally taken out of game. The best teams we've played this season, that was their game plan. You're going to beat us, but if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us without Chris Coakley. Kansas did it. Memphis did it. A couple other teams did it. And that's what's going to happen in CUSA. Um, Granted, some of these teams aren't going to have the interior players, and Rice is going to be one of them. You know, maybe, maybe that's the game that Chris Coakley breaks out, but who knows? But we're going to have to have offensive production from the Dirk Williams, William Lees, you know, guys like that. Because at the point guard position, Deion Lavender, the way he's playing, he's playing good enough. He's just not getting the support from the people around him. He's not Nick Norton. He's not going to find you easy offense. So these guys are going to have to take the shots and get the ball past them. That's something I saw at middle. It was passed. I don't want it. You take it. No, I don't want it. You take it. I don't want to miss it. So let's let's see what UAB does this week. It's a really, really big week for UAB, who's going to host Marshall in Western Kentucky next week. And that's going to be another two tough games. That's a really tough start for UAB. Tough schedule start. Conference play is underway. And if you're a Western Kentucky fan, wave your white red towel. You're up three, 13 <laughs> seconds to go. Clinging. Clinging on to the lead on my, I'm watching this score tracker here, and they are clinging on to the lead. Justin Johnson just hit a free throw, the two-point game, as he went to the free throw line. So Western Kentucky just hanging on, trying not to be the first embarrassment God. casualty of Conference USA play. Man, I hope they do. They, they, they need it. They, we need the conference needs them to be good. Um, they've got a good coach. They've got, you know, a good little core of teams that would be nice to see them be a top four team if, you know, if they had a really good non excuse me, good conference play because their teams travel, their fans travel so well. It'd be nice to see all those fans in Birmingham, but just I, I'd like to see them win this and not embarrass themselves because I think it's better for the conference overall. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So we've got Thursday slate, Saturday slate coming up. Dave, solid show this week, man. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we say goodbye to the folks? No, I think this is one of our best ones yet. We're going to have another good one next week. So whoever's listening, please stay tuned. Uh, we'll have another good guest next week. We'll try to, do, tr- try to do the guest appearances every week. We'll kind of adjust as teams are hot. We'll try to get beat writers. 
you know, uh, network, you know, announcers, um, things like that, hosts. So um, I appreciate your time, Alex. I really enjoyed it, man. Yes, sir. Big shout out to Jeremy St. Louis from BN Sports who joined us early in the podcast. Check us out. We are on iTunes under Minor Rush, UTEP, or just search Conference USA. Subscribe to us. You'll also get the Minor Rush podcast, which we're going to get going back here soon. So for Dave West, I'm Alex Nicholas. This has been Episode 5 of the Conference USA Hoopcast. Check us out, and we out of here. Thanks, guys.